that have been speaking the truth very aggressively uh, for many years, but it has really gotten attention lately. It is somewhat of a uh, cumulative effect, a snowball effect, where more and more people start to wake up to the truth and the facts, and it just expands, and people become more accepting of it, and they start to say, okay, it's okay for me to look at the information. I'm not an anti-Semite for looking at it. Hey, well, welcome to the Punch Bowl, everybody. Um, your host, William Pillum. I we had some technical issues here in the beginning, so uh, I don't know what you guys heard, but that was uh, that was David Goldberg. The final words of David Goldberg, and I wanted to just give a short clip of that intro. Um, I'm going to be uh, doing some analysis on this tonight. I've got with me. Um, the wisdom of Mr. Frederick Blackburn, a.k.a. Blackbird 9, uh, of the Saturday Snack Shack, who has his show tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. Um, tune into that. And uh, uh, Blackbird brings with us decades of knowledge and wisdom about Jewish power. And, uh, and he's also done an analysis on this 26-minute video uh, a few years ago. So this this video is actually from it's the final words of David Goldberg. I just came I just came across it just a few days ago, and I thought it pertinent now because we want to analyze um, the timeline that's being explained in um, this whistleblowing uh, video, the supposed whistleblowing video exposing projects Pogo and projects Zephyr, um, and you got a description of what those are. Um, essentially Jewish plans to go door to door and poach and kidnap and ex uh, um, uh, uh, abduct Americans and put them in uh, Jewish extermination camps. Uh, you know, we've heard about the Noahide laws. We've heard about the, uh, you know, the uh, guillotines that have been set up around. We've been hearing about this for years, years and years. So this is a very chilling video. We've got it up on RBM in the newsreel. Please go to the newsreel and look for again. It's it's David, the final word. David Goldberg's final words. It's all black with white letters. You can't miss it. Uh, we got it put up there last night, and it's 26 minutes long. Uh, hopefully, you guys got a chance to watch it. I was we're talking about watching it last night. Those of you who were listening and uh, listened to it prerequisite to this show, but. You know, if you didn't, you know, go back after. We're going to play a couple more short excerpts from it. Um, but for the most part, uh, Blackbird and I are going to be analyzing it. We're going to be looking at the uh, the timeline now and what the timeline kind of was then and how, the, how the, the Jews have adjusted their plans. You know, what we've seen transpire since then and, you know, what they put in place with COVID uh, what they're what they're doing now with the central bank digital currency and the confiscation of everybody's wealth, the IRS, uh, the, the setting up the IRS, the weaponizing the IRS against the people. And if we have time, we're going to get into a video from Harry Vox where he um, actually doesn't cuss too much in the first five minutes or so. So we'll be able to probably hopefully get to that and play it because I think that this is part of the adjustment of this plan. You know, it, well. It's to fleece and steal all the assets away 
from the American people. Um, and, uh, at, you know, the, the use of AI um, in what David Goldberg's alleging here with tracking, tracking and tracing the American uh, people um, uh, through, you know, that their likes of videos in controlled opposition um, YouTube channels and whatnot. So now, you know, I mean, a lot many YouTube channels not there anymore. But one that's uh, mentioned specifically is uh, Adam Green's No More News. A lot of people were wondering, why does that guy still have a YouTube channel? I don't know what the status of his YouTube channel is now. But um, largely telling the whole truth, even allowing that to happen here to, to add credibility so that they can, uh, you know, like a honeypot to attract people to it and, uh, and then tag, tag and trace so the Jews can tag and trace all the goyim that are waking up and finding out what's going on so the Jews can exterminate and do exactly what they've accused everybody else of doing to them. So uh, without further ado, thank you for that, allowing me the space for that uh, monologue there. And uh, let me uh, introduce my esteemed guest um, for the evening, uh, Frederick Blackburn, Blackburn 9. Uh, Frederick, welcome to the show. Greetings, good sir. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, this is uh, this is quite the rabbit hole. This particular thing, and uh, I found out about it when it hit in 2019, and we were all trying to figure out if it was organic or if it was synthetic. Because you know, one of the things you always uh, get red flags about is if it sounds too perfect, right? It's like, God, he said everything we want him to say, you know, okay, I just had a red flag go off on that. So it's like, is it organic or is it synthetic? And, you know, uh, so, you know it's one of those things sometimes where people tell the truth with lies. <clears throat> um, and... Uh, you know, I bought one of those old timers, and yeah, we grew up with a report from Iron Mountain, if you remember that one, and also Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, right? Yeah. And yeah, so these things that, you know, later on you find out that, well, this was actually synthetic. This guy, you know, wrote it to make it, uh, to tell the story, you know, but this isn't really. Uh, the leaked documents, right? But it's you know spot on in the analysis, though. So that's why I always talk about you know telling truth with lies. And so it's like, okay, this guy's saying everything that we've been talking about. Maybe that's suspect. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, and, uh, that uh, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock and I did a wonderful deep dive on it back then i'm just wondering i haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that so i'm wondering how well it's aged i hope it aged okay so back to you <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah well it's it's an it's absolutely uh fantastic to have your wisdom on this piece specifically because we need that we need we need we need we need that big time to analyze this and uh and you definitely have that uh, as much as uh, anybody else uh, that we could find here, so um, and so that's that's great, and I'm looking forward to. So now we've advanced, like we were a few years ahead. Now this was he died in uh, a June of 2019, allegedly, right? So you know, um, so uh, I see that the date on the video that you guys did that I found, I uh, that you sent me was a uh, March March of 2020. So. 
um, that's uh, just you know ten months or so after nine ten months or so after after his death. And we oh we had uh, ping pong that back and forth so many times about well do we do a show on this or do we not do a show on this? <laughs> yeah, oh really? really? You know well I listen to it again and I, I don't know I think it's BS. <laughs> then it's like I listened to it again and it kept me up all night. We need to do a show on this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know for sure that this is exactly what they did do in Bolshevik Russia. You know, they did in the cover of night, went door to door, and they poached and snatched up anti-Semites and exterminated uh, millions of them. So, um, you know, we know that's the plan. One one red flag, I will agree, uh, that I noticed is his kind of saying, my sources in the White House or these White House documents, you know, it's just, that that just seems a little, you know, that that puts up a little bit of a red flag for me. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Well, that's always been a red flag for me in the truth community. Anybody who says, well, I have you know, secret information that you're not privy to, and therefore I can make this claim. And I always deal with the same data set that everybody else is using. You know, I'm not going to come out and say, well, my inside sources at the Pentagon that you can't know about, you know, and, you know, so you're just completely cheating there, you know, <laughs> as far as actually presenting an argument. So I always make a point of dealing with, you know, data dots that, you know, we're all dealing from the t- same data set here you know i don't claim to have secret knowledge this is okay this what do you think of this what do you think of this dot you know all those hate facts that <laughs> make those patterns that they hate so much so you know yeah that is a red flag but at the same time you know uh these guys in these circles you know they sit around and you know that's what they're, it's like a mob meeting. Our intel just saw that this is happening and, you know, this memo. And so everybody's looking at everybody else's stuff all the time. Uh, and so, you know, there is a lot of that, you know, just, you know, of uh, a floodgate in the intelligence world of people just flooding information and some of it's real and some of it's disinformation. Then you just have to sort through it. And that's why in the, you know, the breakfast club model, we always talk about thinkers, which is information stinkers, which is misinformation. It might not be quite correct, but it's not malicious in intent. And of course, sinkers, which is full on disinformation, right? So that's the thing is I put out those data dots and everybody gets to tell me whether they're thinkers, stinkers or sinkers or not, right? And so, you know, when he says, okay, my documents, and it's like, okay, can we see those documents? Yeah, that's never listed. But it is spot on with you know, the analysis that was going on in the intelligence communities around there, when you were looking at the chatter, uh, this was, you know, uh, you know, there were key points in the Hasbro you know, strategy of, you know, we're losing control of the narrative. We've got to adjust our tactics. And this just happened to line up with one that they were just really realizing that because of the internet that they were losing the information war yes they had taken control of all the legacy media but you know my big hypothesis was that when they were designing this whole rollout 
you know, and one of the chief game theorists was a guy named Robert J. Allman, who you know, studied at MIT, then went back to Israel to weaponize Israel's game theory models against the United States for the Odin Yenin plan and you know, Pearl, the new Pearl Harbor 9-11. And, you know, because of his age and his demographics, you know, I don't think that the Internet was anywhere in his model of things that we're going to have to plan on. Every other contingency was completely taken care of. You know, this is the thing of the perfect crime, right? But you always make the one mistake. And nobody could have known back in like the 1990s what social media and real peer-to-peer communications was going to do to this type of deception warfare where, you know, we're knocking down their big lies with egg timers now. You know, they can't stretch this stuff out for decades like they used to before it's exposed. And uh, so I think that's really a part that's a change lot. So anyway, back to you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, one one of the other things that that kind of aroused my suspicion, and I had another thought, and I forgot what it was. Hopefully, it'll come back to me. But this one came up, and that his uh the safe, um, they say that his you know they found these documents in his safe right after he passed away. So, so that would imply that some you know uh, truth telling white hats or like the good people in the police, uh, you know, they got into his safe, but the people that took him out. They didn't know anything about his safe, even though he was announcing that he had, uh, he he had, uh, what do they call that, a, a dead man switch, you know, or he had uh, multiple, he had distributed the information into multiple different places, um, but then they found it in his safe, right? So, well, did he distribute it to multiple different uh, people and places, or did they find it in his safe? I mean, <laughs> what's, what is it? Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of little inconsistencies like that, where well, contradictory parts of the narrative, and you know, uh, you know, a good psyop person will tell you that that's there sometimes deliberately to short circuit your reasoning to make you accept contradictory information, and you just you know stop being you know, a critical thinker, and at that point, you know, you're being basically lulled down, right? And so that it's just too exhausting to continue critical reasoning on something. And that is part of the Marxist method that the Freud school and the Pavlov school, you know, they specialized in that is, you know, tell you two completely different things and expect you to be able to reconcile them or you're not going to be part of the group, right? And so... You know, I definitely look for those kind of contradictions in any type of sensational story, especially one that's saying all the things that you want it to say. You know, oh my God, this is you know Christmas morning Santa Claus, the stuff he's saying, you know, to the truth community. Like this, you know, yeah, listen to this is what we've been saying for years. Listen to this guy, right? Uh, so yeah, that's part. Of, uh, we got the music coming in. Yeah, yeah, we got the break. We'll just take this break and then the second break, and then we'll skip the last one. So uh, we'll be right back, folks. Stick around. We're going to play another clip, and we're going to do a little more analysis on this in a bit. Ain't no reason, ain't no rest. I'm going to get down to the water and get on 
Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift what in the world is an ease-off drop and lift our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control that sounds great but can i afford it sure and the ease-off installs fast the effortless operation will reduce fatigue speed up your line and increase profits okay i'm convinced where can i get my ease off go to easeoff.com that's e-a-z-e-o-f-f.com and hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time easeoff.com we make pigs fly cows too ease off llc 417-932-6419. Go to republicbroadcasting.org, smash that donate button, like Russian peacekeepers smashing through the Azov neo-Nazi terrorists in the Donbass. I don't think you can explain politics without looking at Jewish power any more than you can explain physics without dealing with gravity. 9-11 was a jointly conducted covert operation that involved multiple states, the Saudis, the Israelis, and what you could call the deep state in the cool, United with States. anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're jiggling juice, we used to say, yeah, the dancing Israelis. Uh, so even the Republicans now are compromising and they're pushing issues that are destructive to the white race. They would always say, like, are we just going to talk about this stuff on the radio? Like, what are we going to do about it? Either we force the democracy to work by actually getting the ballot access, getting the candidates, getting in office, getting our message out there to the people, or we expose just how undemocratic it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central.
Nothing to fight for. There's no cuss word or anything. I wasn't an. I wasn't a. That wasn't an accidental cutoff. There's a cuss word in the last in the last bit. So we're we're being, um, we're, we're being respectful of the, of the cussing protocol. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, jump in. This is a uh, William Rapillum. I got Blackbird with me here. We're doing the analysis in the David Goldberg final words of David Goldberg's video. And uh, we're just doing another analysis. We're revisiting after three years. So let's play the next part, and that's going to start at 4.50, right? Second. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about that now. There is discussion within these documents. Uh, years ago, to ban the YouTube channels, to shut it down, all of that, but they changed course. They made a decision to do something completely different, and they decided instead of censoring everything to fund and promote gatekeeper channels, shill channels, to simply gather and collect all the open-minded people who were looking at the issue. And they did shut down some of the legitimate channels, and that has actually happened. If you're following some of that, you are aware that there have been channels that have been shut down, almost completely eliminated. Some of those channels were not a part of the original gatekeeper channels. They have no connection. They are truth-telling channels. Some of those they've eliminated that they felt were a threat or that might be calling out the gatekeeper channels. So, I'm just looking through some of the documents here and seeing what I want to talk about next. Well, okay, let's let's just cut it short here because we don't have a, I don't want to spend too much time. But he's getting at that they're leaving certain truth-telling channels, and we've covered this actually already. Certain truth-telling channels on YouTube. Um, so. Uh, Blackbird, real quick, just to visit something else you said. You you said thinkers, stinkers, and sinkers. So, what would Alex Jones be? A stinker? What? Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like ninety percent thinkers, but then is that ten percent that? Yeah, and also the biggest deception of them all: lying by omission. You know, what do these people absolutely not talk about? Even if their audience is saying, we want to talk about this. What about the JQ? You know, why can't we talk about the JQ? Uh, and so that's, to me, is always, you know, where do people have their boundary of they won't go past this line, right? And, uh, you know, this is one of the things that's, the, you know, the diabolical nature of this Zabatian Frankist model that Marxism is based upon. It's all about deception and spying and figuring, isolating who your enemies are and targeting the, the heads. You know, so it's all about this information gathering and then doing strategic strikes against the individuals rather than you know, having my army versus your army type of thing. And you know, Lenin during the Bolshevik Revolution, you know, he was the one who came up with the idea of the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. And so you have this deliberate 
branch of the Cheka that were posing as loyalists to the crown and were you know gathering up all the loyalists that wanted to fight the Bolsheviks. And this was, you know, uh, George Orwell in 1984, you know, mapped this out perfectly with the Brotherhood, the, you know, the so-called resistance to Big Brother, and Emmanuel Goldstein, of all names, that was supposedly the hero that's fighting against, you know, Big Brother. And then, uh, you know, the uh, whole... Uh, thing was you find out at the end spoilers that emmanuel goldstein is actually working for big brother and he's been basically you know handling you know wilson's uh you know mr smith winston smith and his you know girlfriend and you know manipulating them and gathering information so that they could have the legal trial to send them to you know room 101 you know and have them broken right and that's the other aspect of this is yeah, the legalities. Yeah, once you realize you're at war, you start understanding your adversary and what your adversary's tactics are. Are we out at the break? Yep. Okay, yeah. folks. Break. Let's be our last break. We'll be right back. Stick around. Continue with this. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. 
What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive! Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. kick it over to you for your comments on what we got here so far. I kind of wanted to direct the, the questioning here, uh, Blackbird, because I want to I want to look at, like, what do you think about now as compared to, you know, what you might have thought about then? I haven't had a chance to go back and listen to your broadcast from a few years ago. But obviously some things have changed in the timeline, right? They're, they were kind of in the uh, video were guessing that we would be seeing these things start to happen around 2021 is where what he was projecting. Okay, so um, no, we we've seen and, and maybe they've adjusted their plan, right? So uh, you know we, we've got this uh, IRS a weaponization of the IRS, which I think kind of plays in. It's like sort of a new factor that they've figured in to this overall plan. Um, what else? I mean, we. Obviously, COVID had happened. They were already in mid-flight on that. Um, well, actually, it didn't happen yet. When he, he So this is 2019 before COVID had happened. So, um, And then you guys had done your analysis on it, I think, even probably somewhat before COVID or right exactly at that same time. Um, so, all right. So we fast forward to now versus then. Um, I don't know. Is my question too ambiguous? No, it's spot on that, you know, COVID was a huge 
thing, you know, that whole thing of the lockstep that they were basically able to shut down every Western nation with this complete, you know, uh, smoke and mirrors thing from the name of public health, you know, and this idea of just the power grab of information in the name of public health. And, you know, Obama kind of set this up with, you know, when he basically tore down the firewall of patient doctor confidentiality and it's like, no, no, no. Now the insurance companies get to know everything that's in your file and then they're going to start triaging whether they're going to pay for this or not. And so you just see this ramp up and it's all about, you know, Sorting, grading, so, grading, sorting, and culling of people at a mass scale, and so you know we just see that it's the same old Jewish dream forever that they're going to have a census, round everybody up, and you know wipe everybody out down to the manageable numbers that are in their books, and the way to do it is to pick off all the leaders. You know, and so they have to figure out this way to spy on everybody and get, you know, uh, who are the people that are going to cause us problems and everybody else will just back down. And this is like in H.G. Uh, Wells, you know, uh, war, uh, excuse me, the time machine where you had the Eloy and the Morlocks and the Eloy, when one was in trouble, they would never go help the, uh, the other ones. They, there was no cooperation, no common defense. Uh, amongst the Eloy, and you know, that is the danger of this. And Schultz and Nietzsche, you know, talked extensively about if they had known just how weak the Cheka and the NKVD really were compared to them, they would have stood up to the goon squads that came in the night to take away the individuals. But everybody just stayed hovered down, hoping that they wouldn't be picked rather than banding together. And it's interesting in the American Civil or the American Revolutionary War, when they were doing this tactic, we developed the idea of the Minutemen. So when they came to get somebody, arrest somebody, suddenly the entire village had them surrounded and they would have to back down and surrender the captives, right? And Schultz and Nietzsche, you know, talks about wish they had done that and that you know, we would stuck together. But that badge of authority, you know, that the, you know, the guy shows up with a badge and a gun and says, we have orders to arrest you. You know, and everybody says, well, you know, the social contract, if you've got a lot of legitimate, you know, orders there and you've got a badge and a gun, well, we don't want to interfere with the law. And, you know, that was Trotsky's brilliance of evil brilliance of, you know, governments come and go, but the police remain. And that idea of, you know, police are just going to enforce whatever you tell them to. Right. And that's how they were able to turn the police against and the medical profession against the people during the Red Terror. So back to you. Yeah. Well, OK, I'm going to I'm going to kick it back to you again, though, because I want to know what do you think? Where are we at now? Um, if you look at what's happening right now. Um, what do you think? Uh, what, I mean, it, it, let's say this what David Goldberg's 
talking about here, these two projects, uh, obviously Project Pogo, the, the differentiating between that, right? So Project Pogo is the uh, is the ga- gathering of the information on you know YouTube and whatnot, and then Project Zephyr is the rounding up of folks and putting them uh, in the extermination camps. Um, so, uh, do you have any insight on where we're at with this now at this point? Because I don't know much. I don't know if they've started. I mean, we probably don't know if they've got started going door to door. I guess they've, they've got the January Sixers. They've taken them, they've abducted them, right? We know that. Well, you know, from the 9-11 truthers up through Charlottesville, up through you know, the January 6th and the Canadian trucker strike, you know, I would say we're, they're already doing it, and they, you know, ha- they have specials on PBS to tell you how great it is. Frontline doing all these expose of these people that hunt down all those people that attend at Charlottesville, hunt down all those people that attend January six, and this is that tag and trace that you were talking about. You know, during the first half hour. Uh, it's just, you know, identify these, you know, basically bring them in, you know, because if you show up, you're guilty according to their laws because you're standing against them. So who are these uppity Amalek that are daring to stand up for themselves, tag them, trace them, figure out how we can destroy them. And this is, you know, fifth generation warfare. This is, you know, nonlinear warfare, but they are taking us out by the thousands every day using these tactics. By, by the thousands. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I Don't you know. think, you know, as many people that, you know, are getting arrested for basic thought crimes in Western countries, you know, and we hear about more high profile people, but you know, what about the person that just isn't going to make the news cycle? You know, how many of those are, you know, getting served with and being drug into these legal systems for making them testify that they were at such and such event? You know, isn't that where we are now? Well, you mentioned PBS is, is uh, at the at the forefront of the propaganda campaign to uh, do PR in order to uh, take these Bolshevik, uh, this horrible uh, Bolshevik terrorism, and turn it into some kind of uh, patriotic uh, anti-terrorist uh, operation. Um, uh, you know, and then you you have people like uh, the stupidity of the people like uh, my neighbors that you know. Are probably you know, the people that oh, put a Confederate flag up, and I'm scared. Oh. Uh, so we've got all of those folks, right? They're probably glued to PBS, right? right? And thinking that those white supremacists are getting what they deserve, right? right. And when you go back to the 1970s, when the Weather Underground, yeah, you know, which was all Jewish radicals with a handful of useful goy idiot useful idiot goys right uh, but with the, for the most part it was militant Jews and one of the big guys was a guy named Bill Ayers and he was talking about how especially the southerners the white christian southerners there's no way that they're ever going to be convinced of the rightness of marxist and talmudic noahide law systems 
the, and so there, there's no way they can be re- re-educated. So they just need to be rounded up and their children taken away from them. And the children, young enough, can be salvaged, you know, for the most part. If not, they can just be part of the machine, right? But, you know, you just got to take those, you know, families out of the equation that can't adopt to a Marxist model. And so that you know they write about this, and you know the you know the rabbis are always talking about you know these you know Amalek got to take care of Amalek, got to get rid of Amalek because Amalek can't be subdued, Amalek can't be put you know made to work under the bridle. Amalek will always rebel against you, so therefore you got to destroy Amalek. It can be destroyed, but never conquered, right? And the, you know, this is the mindset of these people that. You know that you we're fighting a holy war. I guess that was the hardest thing for me to get my head around. Is these guys, you know, think that they are, you know, fixing the world? They're on a holy war, and part of that is working in secrecy until their new world order is to be revealed. Right? When you read the protocols, they talk about when our kingdom is revealed. So it's like a magic trick where they're doing everything, getting everything ready, and then there'll be the big ta-da moment, and there's not anything you can do about it. And you know, so you've got these zealots out there that are totally behind the agenda, but they just think that it's being exposed and it's putting everybody at risk. And so that was one of the themes that really uh, got to me about this video is the panic that you know people are finding out they're seeing and we're not quite ready to slap the cage shut yet there's still a chance we could lose this and so that sense of urgency i find fascinating so have you thought about it in those terms oh for sure you know i just came across a video it's one minute long and i haven't watched it yet but it's only one minute and it's Catherine austin fitz and jai totus don titus called the pretend is over uh, Mike, I'm going to pop it in the chat real quick. This is sort of spontaneous, but I want to see how this relates to uh, what you're talking about there, Blackbird. Okay, so our theme was the pretend is over, and Boy. it is really over. And I will tell you, as I just as I go through my life, it makes the world seem a lot less coherent, and because nobody has a new. You know, the pretend is over, and so the official narrative is breaking down, but there's no new narrative. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. There's no new narrative. Right? Yeah. So, just, so. There's just doubling down. That's all there is. Right. Louder screaming to believe the current narrative, which nobody believes. Right. But we need our own narrative. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we need our own narrative, and it's. One of the things I've discovered is uh, I was just talking to a dear ally yesterday who was terribly depressed. And I said, don't be depressed. This is what their failure looks like. You know, this is all part of getting to where we have to go. So just keep turtling forward because this is what it's what an ally of mine used to say. Since the bigger the breakdown, the bigger the breakthrough. Okay, a couple thoughts. So one is uh, they're saying nobody believes it, right? But you just cited uh, the PBS uh, uh, propaganda, and I pointed out some, uh, you know, I have some very sobering examples of the stupidity of, of these idiots that will never get it, right? Like like my neighbors, right? That, uh, you know, they're just totally on board with the Bolshevik stuff. Um, so, I, so, but there's this, this idea about a narrative, right? So, um 
Well, yeah, there's got to be a. We, we, I'd say we've got a narrative, but we don't have a loudspeaker like the mainstream media has. Let me let me kick it over to you, Blackbird. Oh, the great clip! Yeah, you know, the pretend is over, and you know, so much of this always goes back to me to Solomon Ashes. Uh, group conformity experiments in the 1950s where they found that you know if you had a liar up front and liars in the peer group they and shut off all other you know uh, sources of information so all you have is a lie in front of you and a lie around you then people up to 75 percent, could be made to bend their will to go along with the group rather than stick up for what they know to be true, right? So rather than you know sticking with what they know to be true, they will go along to get along, and they can push that up to 75%. But in follow-up studies, if you had a truth advocate – what just one truth advocate speaking the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and then surrounded by peer liars and uh, led by a liar up front, the numbers drop down to less than five percent that would go along with the known lie, right? And I think this was why they were panicking when suddenly you had these independent YouTube channels popping up in February 2005 in little 15-minute videos calling out all the lies and suddenly going viral. And that was you know, the new thing is you know, this thing that just takes a life of its own and you know, organically goes viral everywhere. And this, by the time Google bought... Uh, YouTube in October of 2006. So we had the, the little golden age there from February 2005 to October 2006 where you could tell the truth 15 minutes at a time on YouTube and everybody would see it if it was truly going viral. When Sergey Brin and Larry Page bought it up in 2006, all of that changed. And when uh, Susan Sukowski or whatever her name is, you know, she completely weaponized, you know, YouTube. And, you know, people like me, they would just destroy our videos, take down our channels. You know, they won't tell us, you know, what terms of service, what community standards we violated. But they just didn't like our content because it was having an effect of exposing them, and they were in full-on panic mode, it seems. Wow. And I'm really glad that, that we touched on this. Um, the uh, – uh, the, the uh, geez, I lost my train of thought, man. Um, uh, the uh, – the, um, Total brain fart over here. Well, I had this other <laughs> thing about you know going back to the type of justice this is, you know, and they're they're doing this by their law. There are six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. There's seven Noahide laws. They're in game that says when their Messiah comes, they will own all property and all the goyim 
will be renters to them because they will own everything. They'll own all the money, and they will be in complete control. So you just see this push of things like Vanguard and BlackRock and all just buying up land left and right, you know, with all this, you know, made up money. You know, where is this money coming from? And when you see this, you know, you realize we have moved to a post-constitutional republic into basically an economic star chamber in the shadows where you have these Jewish intellectuals and their AI basically figuring out, you know, how they're going to destroy you, take all your stuff and take your property to leave you you know, penniless and homeless, and they're completely justified in this because you allowed them to do it. They got away with it. This is how they think. You know, if we can do it, then you've got no business to complain. You know, why don't you stop us if you don't like what we're doing? And this is their the chutzpah. It's such a hard word to describe it. It's just you know, the chutzpah that we're going to come in. We're going to have a star chamber justice system and decide your fate. And so this idea of, as Noah Harari puts it, a post-free will new world order where you know, the computer will make decisions for you because you stupid goyim. If we let you make decisions, you make the wrong ones. So back to you. Yeah, and that's a part of the protocols of Zion. It's perfectly in, in line with that. And uh, my thoughts that I was having uh, came back to me, and that's what you brought up. You know, one person uh, affecting, you know, so telling the truth and how that actually, uh, if, if you just have that one person in there, it has a ripple effect. Black Pill a few years ago did a, a, a great video on this, and, and it's very inspiring uh, how much of a difference uh, one person can actually make in uh, kind of redirecting um, the groupthink into a, a into the right direction, right? So, um, uh, and also it, you do see I, I don't you know some some people live in rural rural areas and you see these giant apartment complexes going up like in these rural areas and they're where they used to just not even be like this. This is exactly what's happening. They're planning and pushing everybody into these apartments. Uh, kicking everyone out of their homes, um, and we see now the means by which they're going to do it with, uh, you know, uh, the tax, the tax, the uh, weaponizing the IRS, and uh, starting to and Harry Vox. If how much time do we have? We don't have really have time to get into it, but there's a video by Harry Vox, one of the latest ones that uh, he does. He did go look for it. I might. I'm gonna. There's some. There's some cussing in it, but he's actually scaled back his cussing quite a bit. Um, it's not too bad. So I don't know. Maybe we can get up on the newsreel if we can bleep out the cuss words or whatever. But it's very good. IRS attack coming soon. It's very sobering. Harry Harry Vox never um, pulls any punches at all. And another thing I'll add about uh, Yuval Harari, he's referred to us as hackable animals. And this is also part of the hotspot. You know, humans are hackable animals. And so... We're going to be hacking the hackable animals, and you know I know that that's who I'm talking to you, and you're a hackable animal, and I don't care. You know this is uh, we're just out in the open uh, with this, so that also lends credence to the idea that you know them telling us what their plans are is uh, they don't really care if we know. 
Right, and that's the arrogance of this intransigent being. You know, in their minds, they've already won. This is just a mop-up operation because the stupid goyim don't even realize yet that they are a conquered people. Right, but yeah, in their minds, it's done that they have won already, and like I said, they're just now, you know, uh, rolling out the new world order in an intransigent fashion where there is no more representative governor. It is you know top-down middle management where these are the new rules: obey and you'll be rewarded. You know, uh, fail to obey and you will be punished. Right, and this is right out of the Soviet model. Right, right, and so that's the psychological warfare, and um, communicating, even if just, this is why I think one conversation with one person who's stuck in this mindset could be very powerful, because you could shift what they think. They may change their mind and say, no, you know what, I'm going to be a person that tells the truth uh, right now. So, um, Mike, do we still have a Reb Okay, yeah, I was going to give him a minute there. But we are uh, at the end of the show, so um, let me get your final thoughts, uh, Blackbird. And I want to just remind everybody not to miss uh, Blackbird, his show tomorrow. Uh, it's uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 6 Central, uh, the Saturday Snack Shack. Don't, don't forget to catch it. You got anything special planned? Uh, special treat. Miss Mer Bailey is going to be my special guest, so be sure to tune in. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, and you had Monica on uh, last week, and then you had yes. me on with you the week before that. Right. So, yeah, we're definitely having a good time at the Saturday Snack Shack, so come join us. Absolutely. And don't forget to catch uh, your also your Breakfast Club replays uh, yes, on I Sunday nights. I am thoroughly enjoying that RBN is rerunning those deep dives from the Breakfast Club. So I uh, hope everybody can find a nugget or two in those Paul Harvey for a post 9-11 generation, the rest of the story tales. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, Blackbird. Appreciate you coming on. And everybody Appreciate have a great week. Me. Absolutely. And everybody have a fantastic weekend. And we will talk to you later. One of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. 
free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash RBN. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network. 